Hello, my friends, and welcome back to Farm Machinery Digest Radio. I'm your host, Ray Bohax, the hot rod farmer from New Jersey, from Cat Swamp Road. And I hope the sound of my voice has everything going well in your farm, your operation, and in your life. Today, we're going to have a special, special, special show. And we are starting, this is the first, the first episode of the Getting to Know series. And if you've been listening to, to my show, you know, back around New Year's, I announced that I'm going to be doing about 12 or 13 Getting to Know series shows. And what that is about is the show's not going to be me. It's going to have a guest on it. And the guest is going to represent a product that would be of value to you, my audience. Because I realized when I started this the podcast four years ago and started the radio show, my whole theory, my whole mission statement, I would say, is to have a transfer of knowledge to the agricultural community. And that transfer of knowledge is I wanted to deliver that to help prosper you, the American farmer and rancher. And I know that there are there's subjects about particular pieces of equipment or machinery that I would need to bring a technical expert in for them to explain it to you. So I could explain to you how an engine works, but I can't explain to you what they did in a new Massey Ferguson 8S tractor, which is going to be another getting to know segment. But today, uh, in this introductory show, is we, I am going to be featuring... Mr. Gene Wagner from M.E. Wagner Performance. And Gene and his son, Matt, and his wife, Barbara, are the inventors and creators of an adjustable PCV valve. Now, you may say, Hot Rod, what do I care about a PCV valve for? Well, you're going to need to care because on the farm, there are a lot of engines and maybe an old gas engine in a grain truck or for an irrigation engine or on a welder or a pickup truck. It doesn't even have to be that old. It could be 20 years old, 10 years old. And it has a drivability problem. It doesn't run right or it's leaking oil or it has a lot of odors. And you end up parking that. You park it behind the barn. We all know what the farmer. Everybody's got a place on their farm where we where we hide stuff from our wives, right? My wife says to me, "Get rid of that! I don't want to see it." So I put it behind the hedgerow. She doesn't see it, so everybody's happy, right? So the thing is that I want to be able to show you today that oftentimes the problem with that particular engine has to do with the positive crankcase ventilation system. And you know, years ago when I was a young man. If you listen to my show, my podcast, you've probably heard this story before, is that I used to go up to Tarrytown, New York, to the AC Delco Training Center in General Motors. It was a wonderful, it was when General Motors was a real company. Well, anyway, and I had an instructor, Mr. Richard Hip, and we learned about, in the class, we learned about crankcase ventilation and had the, the need for the crankcase to have to breathe. And Mr. Hip took a PCV valve and he took it and he shook it in front of the classroom. And he said, and he said to the class, he says, this valve is good, right? Because you could shake it and you could hear it rattle, right? So we all said, oh yeah, Mr. Hip, the valve is good. The valve is good. So he goes, you know what that proves? He proves that it proves that your arm works, your arm moves, and your ears work. He said, that's all it proves. That's not the way you check a PCV valve. And then what Mr. Hip taught us is that each application of an engine has a specific flow rate and response designed into that PCV valve, even though to you, it looks the same when you take it out of the box. Now, 
So I always remembered that, and, and I recognized that a PCV valve could cause a lot of problems. The issue was that back then, you all, if you went to the dealership and you bought a PCV valve, whether it was for Ford or Chrysler or what have you, that was fine. It was made for that particular engine. But once you started to go, to either the application got too old for you to get it or you went to the auto parts store, there's a very good chance that the PCV valve that you bought looks the same, fits in it, fits into the valve cover, the intake manifold the same, but has the wrong response and the wrong flow rate. And now this has the possibility of causing a whole, a many, a multitude of different problems that has that engine not run right and has you park it behind the barn or deal with a drivability problem. So hang tight during the break. And then when we come back, we're going to introduce Gene Wagner and he's going to explain to us all about his product. Hey, this is Jeff Foxworthy. Larry the Cable Guy here. Happy to bring you Jeff and Larry's Comedy Roundup. And I was even there when you had first started doing the Larry the Cable Guy right. thing. I went on stage one day and I said, hey, this guy would come over to your house. Hey, did you order cable for somebody who ordered something? And I did that for about 10 minutes. Rob Schneider said, that Cable Guy thing is hilarious. And David Spade goes, that's a Saturday Night Live character. Jeff and Larry's Comedy Roundup. Sirius XM 97. Hi, everybody. This is Steve Kenyon from the Cowboy Channel and Rural Radio and Western Sports Roundup. Every weekday afternoon, we bring you the latest in Western sports. Please join me and the entire Cowboy Channel team, Justin McKee and Ty McClary, Amy Wilson Cameron, Janie Johnson, Jeff Netters. We'll keep you in touch with professional rodeo, cutting, reining, barrel racing, roping, bull riding, and more. Western Sports Roundup, 3 in the West, 6 in the East on the Cowboy Channel, on Rural Radio, and on the Sirius XML. Hey, folks, join us for the Better Horses Radio Show on Wednesday and Thursday evenings at 11 p.m. Eastern on Rural Radio Channel 147 with host Ernie Rodina, Don Dawson, and me, Ron McDaniel. Along with our KSU vet tip, we'll have a visit with breakaway roper Hannah Mason, followed by a conversation with back-to-back NFR bareback average winner Jess Pope. So tune in to the Better Horses Radio Show on Wednesday or Thursday evening right here on Rural Radio Channel 147. How do you go about changing the world? You start by growing the next generation of leaders. Hey there, I'm Josiah Crookshank, the 2021-22 Western Region Vice President for Morgan. Thanks for watching FFA Today on RFD TV. FFA Today is a program that showcases these leaders and their achievements, their stories, their innovations. Join us for FFA Today, Sunday at 3.30 p.m. Eastern, 2.30 Central, right here on RFD TV. Welcome back to Farm Machinery Digest Radio and to our first Getting to Know series. And we're going to have on the show today, I'm on location at Emmy Wagner Performance in Pennsylvania. And this is a family-run business. It was what they actually did. Gene, Matt, and his wife, Barbara, created the world's first 
and I believe only adjustable PCV valve. And as I said in the beginning, the opening segment is that a lot of engines have problems, either leaking oil, smelling of oil, poor drivability, could be carbureted, could be fuel injected, and that goes back to the wrong flow and the wrong response PCV valve, how it's disrupting everything. And if you were to look at a PCV valve and make an agrarian concept to it, it's just like getting seed to germinate, right? You need seed to soil contact. If you don't have that seed to soil contact, the seed is not going to germinate. Well, if you don't have the crankcase ventilation proper, is that there is a possibility of a whole host of issues that that stem from that. But I'm not the PCV valve expert. I went to one class. Gene, welcome, welcome to Farm Machinery Digest Radio. Well, Ray, thanks for having me today. Well, it's great having you because what I want to do is that in full disclosure, I met Gene and his family a number of years ago, and he contacted me through one of the magazines I wrote for about this adjustable PCV valve. And I always remember what Mr. Hip had told me, and subsequently for years, I've, been, I've never had any issues because I would buy a, a, P, a factory PCV valve. But what happens is that uh, you could have an older engine, as I said, you can't get the proper PCV valve, but also because I'm a hot rod farmer, I had hot rods. And when you actually hot rod something and you change the dynamics of the cylinder filling, you have a camshaft with overlapping, because I know a lot of people in the audience are hot rod farmers, right? You guys are hot rodders. A lot of you may be you know, growing crops, but you're also a hot rodder, is that that's really where this, 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 this uh, device, I'll say, this PCV valve came from the hot rod world, but now it's being brought over into the regular agricultural community, regular road vehicles. So Gene, tell us a little bit about how you started this. Well, Ray, um, Matt and I had assembled a performance engine that we built and we did this from from scratch. And uh, on startup, we could not get this to run properly. So we ended up tracking the bulk of the problem was the PCV valve. The car wouldn't, we couldn't get it to idle down. We couldn't Tune the carburetor. We we just and what kind of motor? This was a Ford motor, right? It was a, it was a three hundred two Ford, but it had a, a pretty stout camshaft, cylinder heads uh, intake, and so forth. So it was a it was a it was a, a pretty hot uh, street engine. So you found out empirically what Dick Hip told me twenty years before that. Exactly, and what people don't realize is that uh, you know, as just stated earlier, every PCV valve is built for the specific vacuum profile that that engine produces. Well, what did we do? We, we altered that, that vacuum profile. So we did what everybody else did. We went to the parts store, picked an off the shelf uh, valve. And when you think about it, how wrong that was because we did everything else precisely and we did this randomly and it didn't work. And, it, and, it, and also, what I want to emphasize for those in the audience that are not hot rodders, this is not a hot rod show, even though to some people that you do have a hot rod, is that, as I said in the opening segment, is that this same scenario happens with a lot of just normal vehicles that don't have the right PCV valve in them. The car, they, people blame the carburetor, they blame the fuel injection, they blame everything. Ray, it's probably one of the least romantic parts of an engine. Yeah. And it's, I, I'm sure it's maybe possibly the most overlooked part of an engine. But, um, you know, as, as you've explained, I'm sure in previous shows, it's a building block. You have to get the basics right for everything subsequently to, to operate properly. And if the PCV system is wrong, then uh, it's not going to work out. But along the veins of what you were just talking about, uh, regular vehicles, when we 
when we developed this, it was for a performance engine. But we've subsequently found out that people with regular stock vehicles are seeing the benefits of our valve because it can be tuned specifically for the vacuum profile of that engine. And the fact that it's not a single, but a dual circuit valve, that's a good part of the basis of our invention, that you can adjust not only the amount of flow, but when that flow happens. Okay, so it's basically, it's a dynamic, and in engineering would say degrees of freedom, different levels of adjustability. So we could, so on your valve, you can adjust not only the amount of total flow, but the, but how the flow comes about, the, the timing of the flow, for lack of better terms. Is that correct? Exactly. And you know what's interesting, a lot of times uh, uh, altering that flow rate, let's say on the, the idle circuit of our valve, you'll see how, how different the car idles. And when you get the, the overall flow rate right, how much better it runs because that crankcase is building pressure you need to re- relieve that pressure. But another big thing, and this is important, is that you need to get not only the blow-by gases, but the moisture out of the crankcase. Exactly, exactly. So those, that moisture mixes with the blow-by gases, mixes with the oil and creates sludge. Is that correct? That's right. And, that, and especially with our ethanol fuels today, um, the, oil guy tell, the oil guys tell me that it's a very acidic mixture, and that can hurt bearings, other engine parts, and they, they uh, build some of that into the oil to help, but uh, when it thresholds and the oil can't tolerate anymore, that's when the acid starts to hurt the right, bearings. Right, right. Exactly. Now, the thing basically is that, uh, what I want to emphasize before I turn the mic back over to you, is that uh, just because you went to town and went to the auto parts store and bought a valve. I want to emphasize this to the audience. The guy in the parts counter is not a bad guy. The guy who made the valve is not a bad guy. The store it sold it. But what they're basically doing in the aftermarket, they're looking to take one product and then put it out across a whole bunch of different part numbers so it has a lot of economies of scale. So when you go to the auto parts store and say, I need a PCV valve for a 2002 Chevy, whatever, 350 engine in my in my pickup truck, that valve is the envelope, what we would call engineering, the outside of it is going to be the right size, it's going to fit properly, but the inside of it is may not, may not be proper for that engine and just like we don't know where lightning is going to strike you could be out the farm and so that's the highest point the lightning strikes and then strikes on the ground right next to you in the cornfield right is that you don't know where it's going to strike and we don't know how it's going to influence it but the thing is that the reason why i'm bringing gene on this show is that i want you in the audience to recognize that if you have an engine an older carbureted engine and it has some of these maladies which gene is going to discuss the carburetor doesn't want to adjust it doesn't run right it's setting it possibly a fuel injected engine setting a check engine code it has a hesitation you can't get out of it it smells of oil leaks of oil these are all telltale signs of improper crankcase ventilation either capacity or response so gene why don't you tell the audience the common issues that you usually find that drive people to your website what is your website www.emmywagner.com okay guys go there at one particular point gene has a lot of information about that this valve is made in the usa he's not going to try to sell you anything but we're going to here to educate you so please gene tell us what the common maladies are uh, i mentioned some of them but just go back over them because you deal with this every day probably the most common is uh oil leaks that's what originally gets people uh, to call us but 
the other things are that uh, uh, they get idle problems. They go to drive the vehicle. It has a stumble. They can't tune it out. They just can't. Carbureted or injected, right? Exactly. You know, and and uh, w- what's interesting about that is we've uh, recently got some reports from customers who have fuel injected applications. These are bone stock, not hot rodded, not modified. They went to the parts store and got the generic valve and they have an oil leak. They have a front crank seal, a rear main seal, and they have a stumble. And why is this? It's because what you just described, they have that middle of the road average flow rate valve that encompasses all these different applications. It's not specific for them. And you know, when the thing, the thing basically, like what I like, to, what I teach this in my seminars, I say, hey, you know, you, everybody's blood is red, right? But it has different, you, you, different. You have to have a certain type of blood, and you have to have a certain type of valve. And the thing is that, and I want to emphasize because I want you, my audience, to be able to put that engine back into proper service. Because that's what it's all about. Because I'm really take I would say it's not what you make, it's what you keep that counts. So if you have a 20-year-old, a 10-year-old, an 8-year-old truck that's sitting there and, it, and you're kind of not really using it because of a problem with it, that it may very well be the PCV valve. So you would, if you would, Gene is a great guy. If you call him up, uh, go to his website and contact him and call him. He'll talk to you on the phone and he's not going to sell you anything. He's going to say, yeah, I really don't think you got a PCV issue in that particular engine. And Gene, what I tell people is if you think it's possibly PCV, pull the PCV valve out of the hose, plug it with a bolt, all right, and then drive the engine. It may have to, If it's carburetor, you may have to readjust it a little bit, right, and see if it helps the situation. You can't leave it like that because you'll never evacuate the, the moisture and the acids from the crankcase and the pressure. But that's a, is that a good test? Yeah, that, that's, that's a real proof that uh, that's, that's the heart of the problem. But like you said, you don't want to drive it for a long period of time because you're going to end up pushing oil out and right. causing leaks and contaminating the oil. The other thing is, uh, you know, I have a little expression, when you don't ventilate, you contaminate. And that gets back to the, that, that gets back to the <clears throat> oil issue. But, uh, you know, one thing I want to say, Ray, is... People who have stock vehicles, if they can go and get an original parts PCV They don't valve, need you. <laughs> they don't need, really. I, I, I've told many customers that called up and said, look, I have a bone stock 300 or 327. Um, I'm interested in your valve. I'll say, go find a new old stock OEM Delco valve. You don't need our valve. But some of the guys want to be more particular because our valve will be more exact than even that across-the-counter valve. And the thing basically also is that you have to keep in mind, and I know you're aware of this, is that just because they're going to the auto parts store and they're saying that the parts book says this was the original valve, then we're not going to go back to 67.3. We're going to go to a 2002 Ford F-150, all right, right that the guy exactly. has on the farm. And you go, and this is the exact valve. If you look at the parts industry, as vehicles, as engines get older, they consolidate part numbers. They don't have enough demand to, to produce the, the many, many valves that, that we were used to, like, back, back in the day. So, like you said, for economy of scale, they, it's, it's... They change this, they change they, like, it's they like going to buy a suit off the rack. If it happens right. to fit you, you're great. But they never fit me. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Then, now, listen. Um, so, in essence, let's go through as we get ready before we go to a break. Let's go through this and say, okay, so oil leaks are a potential issue from 
improper crankcase ventilation, a drivability problem, stumbling, stalling, rough idle, possibly check engine light on a, on a, on a fuel-injected vehicle, mm-hmm. right? Smell of oil, don't you sometimes? Yeah, well, when you're not ventilating, you're going to, when you build pressure, it's going to come out someplace. So it can come out a breather, it can come out seals, uh, it can come out, it's going to find its weakest link in that's that's when it's going to push out. But you know that you have a ventilation problem when you when you smell oil. Yeah, and then Gene, before we go to the break, I know you get so many customers all around the world that have used this valve, and it's a it's a handmade. Basically, it's handmade, right over here in Pennsylvania. We CNC the parts. Uh, we're a small family operation. We do everything start to finish, and every valve goes on our custom flow bench before it's it's put in stock. But it's it's adaptable from. We've had the oldest Bugatti in North America put our valve on wow. to uh, you know the highest performance engine and everything in between because of the adjustability. And the adjustability is the key. And people, farmers realize that they need adjustability. If you look at a modern planter, it's got so much adjustability, and that's where we're getting the yield from. The same thing is basically happening with the engine. Now, this valve, is uh, it's all aluminum, right? It's all billet aluminum. It has uh, all the best components viton seals and it's rebuildable right totally rebuildable i have guys that take them from one car to the other and because you have a different vacuum profile you have the tunability to put it on on any anything it's the last valve that uh it's the last valve valve you're gonna have to buy exactly but the thing is that now if you just look at a pcv valve and you go to the auto parts store an average pcv valve is about 10 or 12 dollars today uh, you have ten, maybe fifteen dollars. Who knows? Ten bucks, uh, maybe more. Maybe the OE stuff. Is, All right, twenty dollars. What say it is? All right, now your valve retails for one twenty nine with free shipping. One twenty nine with free shipping. So you know the first thing you say, I'm not going to pay one hundred twenty nine dollars for a PCV valve. But if you pay one hundred twenty nine dollars and you get that engine to work properly, stop it, whatever that potential problem is, you put it back in service. You talk about ROI on the farm, that's the best ROI you have ever had. And I personally have experience with this valve, and I know that it's an excellent product, and my audience knows that if it's a, if it's a product that I did not believe in, I asked Gene, I said, Gene, come on my show because there's so many farmers that are hot rod farmers that could use this up, but forget about the hot rod guys, the guys that have a vehicle. And like I said, it could be 10 years old. It doesn't have to be 50 years old. And if you have the wrong PCV valve, you're going to have a lot of potential issues. And if you don't have any issues, God bless you. You won. You bought the suit off the rack and you look like you belong in GQ magazine. Urban Ag Report is brought to you by FMOWheels.com, the digital CSA for urban communities supporting urban farmers everywhere. How can we resolve our insecurity for our food security when climate change is devastating our planet in new and unpredictable ways? How can we be sure that the current seasonal changes affecting our farms won't worsen? Aquaponic farming provides a solution for the future with possibilities ranging from small-scale urban farming to provide locally farmed food and balanced diets in urban food deserts to large-scale commercial farming operations like Superior Fresh Wisconsin, providing local, sustainable, and fresh food to wholesalers, restaurants, and grocery stores. The future is bright for aquaponic farming. New innovations in fish farming are giving us more options than ever before. 
like Superior Fresh's Wisconsin-grown North Atlantic salmon. This has been the Urban Ag Report on Rural Radio Sirius XM Channel 147. Follow us at urbanagreport.com. This is Mark Oppold with an American Agriculture History Minute, brought to you by AgriLiquid, committed to doing precisely what needs to be done to optimize your crop nutrition program. AgriLiquid, apply less, expect more. Find a retailer at agriliquid.com. Robert McCormick was a successful farmer in Virginia and owned 532 acres. The farm was nearly self-sufficient. The estate even had its own grist mill to make flour. Sheep produced wool for the thread they used to make clothing. The inventiveness of Robert rubbed off on his son Cyrus, who in 1831 demonstrated a harvester that cut six acres of oats and a year later improved a version to cut 12 acres a day when hand laborers could only harvest about four. Cyrus McCormick thus became part of American agriculture history. I'm Mark Oppold. Welcome back to Farm Machinery Digest Radio. So I hope you understand that you, the PCV valve is very critical on a gasoline engine of any year. And just go to Gene's website, check it out. And if you forgot what the name of his website is, I believe if you just do an internet search, adjustable PCV valve, it will bring you to his website. But now we got to bring in Tex Rubinowitz from Ripsaw Records because he's the hot rod man. All righty, Tex, thank you so much. Now it's time to get under the sheet metal. And today's segment is going to be proper ground circuit diagnostics. There is not a type of farm equipment that has not been exposed to the integration of electronics. Today we have electronic diesel engines, advanced planters with precision controls and sensors, along with combine cabs with enough monitors that to the untrained eye, one would think it's the space shuttle. All of this has helped to increase crop yields and make farming more profitable. That is when they work. Technology is a wonderful thing, but it is a double-sided sword, a real headache when things go wrong. When trying to figure out why an electrical device is not functioning, most of us apply the logical step of grabbing the voltmeter and checking the power supply. The conventional wisdom being, if it has power, it should work. If not, the problem must be in a component, a faulted logic that often leads our diagnostics astray. But confirming the input voltage is only half of the equation. A DC circuit needs a proper ground to function correctly. When confronted with an electrical device that is either not working or showing misbehavior, the proper protocol is to confirm the input voltage with an accurate meter. If the voltage is correct, then your attention needs to be focused on the ground side of the circuit. A circuit can have the voltage supply or the ground switched on and off. The proper mindset when working on electronics is to accept that in most instances, there is no predictor of how the circuit will respond with the poor ground. The test procedure is very simple. 
the circuit that is being tested must be powered up and activated, so you may require a helper. Place the meter's negative lead on the battery negative cable and the positive lead on the ground being tested. Activate the circuit and read the meter. A good ground will have a a maximum of two-tenths of a volt on the circuit. Anything more than that, then the ground is poor. So that is something you need to keep in mind, just like with the PCV valve, that the grounds are very, very, very important. So listen, I want to thank you so much for tuning in today. And I want you to know that the Hot Rod Farmer is pulling for you, the American farmer and rancher, and my beloved, beloved America. You have a blessed day, and I'll catch you next week. Bye-bye. This is Sean Haney. Every weekday afternoon, we keep the discussion going on Rural Radio 147, beginning with AgriTalk with Chip Flory at 2 Eastern. Then at 3 Eastern, join Brian and Darren Hefty for Ag PhD Radio, followed by Shark Farmer Radio with Rob Sharkey at 4. Then it's time to get real and get connected with me on Real Ag Radio at 4.30 Eastern. It's a full afternoon of tips and tricks to boost yields and keep you informed starting at 2 p.m. Eastern weekdays on Rural Radio 147 and the Sirius XM app. If you're already dreaming about next bird season, and who isn't, or if you just want to bring more birds to your yard, there's one key ingredient. I'm Scott Linden, out and about in the uplands, and in this case, the term is apt. Just add water. Early season game birds almost always take water daily. Find guzzlers, streams, ponds, even stock tanks, and work outwards from there. An old buckaroo once sent me to a certain stream at a certain time and guaranteed birds. He was right. Back at home, everyone can get into the act. A simple pan of water or landscape water feature will draw more songbirds than food will. Ours is like a mini waterfall and the sound is like a dinner bell for hungry kids. Out and About in the Uplands is made possible by TrueLockChokes.com. Your first step to better shotgunning. We believe talent is everywhere, but opportunity is not. There are many causes, but it mostly comes down to race, what their parents earn, and where they live. It's made worse by unequal access to technology, healthy foods, and mentors. It's time we provide opportunities for all our kids. Nothing should hold a kid back, and if we all pull together, nothing will. Visit 4-H.org today and join us.